Welcome back to the Michigan Milken Educator Podcast. I'm Nick Peruski, Milken Educator 2019. In this episode, I interview 2021 Milken Educator Stacy Johanna. We discuss Stacy's journey in the field of education, building relationships with students and families, and creating unique and meaningful learning opportunities for our students, and so much more. Let's dive right in. I'm super excited to have Stacy Yokana here today, the Michigan 2021 Milken recipient on our Michigan Network podcast that we're recording. So welcome to the show, Stacy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So Stacy, let's just start off and why don't you give us an intro into who you are, you know, personally, professionally, whatever you would like to share. Yeah. So Um, I've been teaching in my same district for many years now. This is my 17th year teaching. And I, when I started here, I really didn't think this is where I would still be. I thought it was just like a springboard, I guess. And the more time I spent in our district as Fraser and Fraser High School, I just really fell in love with the community. I fell in love with uh, my students and their families and having, uh, you know, siblings and cousins as time has gone by. So I really did not plan on, you know, staying in the same spot. But as it turns out, it's really just the perfect spot for me. I've grown a lot here. We've provided a lot of different opportunities for students here. So it's been really great. I put my own kids in the district as well. So I have four young kids. My um, oldest daughter is 11. I have twin boys that are nine. And then I also have a seven-year-old daughter. So we uh, had kids pretty close together. So when I'm not busy at school, (laughs) I leave and I'm very very busy at home (laughs) as well. So I always joke that it's uh, someone needs me at all times, all the time. (laughs) I'm sure. Definitely the truth. And they're to the age now, I'm sure, where they're getting involved in different activities, and I'm sure that keeps you on your toes. Yes, it's definitely the schedule of, you know, masterminding the schedule and figuring out who's got to be where and all of that, for sure. So So in all of the craziness, how do you find balance? I think teaching is such a rewarding but also demanding job and obviously Mm -hmm. having four kids at home that Mm -hmm. how do you balance your work life and your home life yeah I mean I really don't know people always (laughs) like call me superwoman like how do you you know how do you do this actually the year I got the Milken award I my husband lived in Nashville for the year so I literally was like at home with the kids working he was away for the year like obviously we saw him Um, a couple of times a month, like on the weekends, but just short, you know, glimpses. But I definitely could not do it without our parents who are like super supportive of the kids and helping us out. 
And um, I have a couple of really amazing former students, actually, who watch my kids periodically when I'm when my parents can't do it. Um, but now they go, they've gone off to college. So I, I'm <laughs> relying more on my parents. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Well, so they say it takes a village, right? So it yeah, like got a great support system in place. That's definitely the truth. Yeah. So thankful for that for sure. So Stacy, you mentioned that you've been teaching for 17 years in Fraser. Have you always been at the high school? Yes. Okay. Yep. I started at the high school. I, uh, CTE teacher. So I'm family and consumer science. And then also I'm into industrial technology now. So we started this industrial sewing program at the high school level. And we created a partnership with General Motors. We actually had like a, a third party uh, connect us. And then the third party didn't really work out very well. So we just joint, just hooked up just the two of us together, the um, high school and then General Motors. And so now we're plugging along and teaching the students the industrial sewing skills for the interiors of vehicles, which are obviously a a hit market in the Metro Detroit area for as far as skill building. And it's transferable into any market of industrial sewing. So uh, automotive into interiors or plans, um, they can literally do whatever they want with the skills. If they wanted to go into fashion, the program's actually fashion design. I got it certified through the state of Michigan, but we're trying to pivot it to work into a career area in our local market for kids who would want to stay more so in that area. Wow. That's so interesting. So in my former position, I also was a CTE teacher, career and technical education teacher. And I think that it's interesting because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that might be a little bit different than a traditional math, science, you know, type of teacher, ELA teacher. Um, Can you speak to a little bit about your experience in CTE? Why was that something that you thought was important to teach? And, and, you know, how do you, how did you go about developing your program? You mentioned getting it state certified. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you work to create your program? Yes. So uh, when I first came to the high school, it was a one semester class it was not state certified. And I just noticed that the students really enjoyed it, the creativity of it, the hands-on pieces of it. And so I was thinking to myself, how can I, you know, like we always do, how can I drive my curriculum to, you know, steer my students into what's more interesting and what they want to do. So uh, I looked through the state of Michigan and they have the, a fashion design program. So I put together a proposal. There's obviously every district has different protocols for what to, what to do. But I put together a proposal. I looked at the state curriculum and look to see if I could actually accomplish what they were asking. And I could, if I extended 
the time frame. So a one semester class was not enough time to get accomplished what they were asking in that curriculum to have it state certified. So I asked for a second semester, so for a year long program. Mm -hmm. And then they, um, I got it approved through my district. And then after getting it approved through my district, I went and went through the state and got it approved through the state as well. And then um, when I when we started doing the industrial sewing, now we actually have a capstone. So it's a year two program as well and continued years. Technically, if they took it as a freshman, they could continue to take it until they graduate as well. Wow. So cool. So it's neat that you're able to with your program and, and other districts. I know mine has, you know, different CTE programs as well mm -hmm. able to offer unique learning opportunities for kids and get to get them to start thinking and developing career skills. Right. So right. I think that's such a cool um, piece that you're able to, to provide and, and, you know, experience to be able to provide for students. Yeah. You know, the thing about it too is, Obviously, we're very career-driven in providing opportunities for students for their future, but also I always say you, you know only what you know, right? So I know what my parents did as careers, which is also part of my drive into career and technical education. Actually, they're both industry um, folks, so I always thought that part of it was really important. But you know what your family does, you know, there's teachers and police officers and doctors, but you really don't know all the little jobs between here and there, except for what you're exposed to. So we're trying to obviously get that exposure, but then also if, you know, I always say to my students, you take the class and you don't like it and oh, well, you know, you, right. you tried it and that's great. And the worst case scenario is you learned a life skill that you can carry with you for the rest of your life if you choose to. And if you don't, then you obviously don't have to. So sure, sure. that's yeah. a great um, opportunity for them to have. And in CTE, we also do a lot of work-based learning. So all of the students every semester have an opportunity to have some sort of community outreach. So most of the time we try to get out of the building. We really, even through COVID, we really tried to not slow down a whole lot. We were, um, a lot of schools were closed. We were still having like, you know, small groups to 10 into the building, you know, just little things to keep kids happy and, and looking forward to something basically. Sure. So we've gone to actually General Motors, of course, has hosted us as field trips into their space. And the students, I love my favorite is when they walk through and they're like, oh my gosh, it's the same sewing machine like I use, like that's what they're using. And it's so top security. We, um, I take all their phones in, in a backpack and I carry it around so they're not uh, you know, they're so hard to detach and they're not allowed to record or take pictures of anything because it's what they're working on yeah. a couple of years out. So I, uh, and they're like, oh my gosh, I, I just can't, I wish I could take a picture and show my family. Like, this is the same thing I'm working on. I'm like, I'm not lying to you guys. <laughs> you know, this is what I'm trying to show you. You have this opportunity 
to learn something and, and make a career out of it if you really love it, obviously. So yeah. we do other things as well, other trips out of the building and guest speakers into our spaces. And so that's actually how um, when we first like start our partnership with General Motors was through an advisory meeting. We have to have advisory meetings twice a year as well with business and industry people, teachers, or uh, sorry, a teacher obviously would be me, um, parent, student, uh, college representative. So just kind of like the whole dynamic of a, a mini community, like in a room to get all stakeholders, if you will, into play. And again, just develop and revamp curriculum if they see fit based on what we need to have happen in our in our local communities and society overall as a whole, really. Yeah. Well, it sounds like this is a perfect position for you. In the beginning, you mentioned the strong connection to the community that you're serving. And it sounds like you're doing just that with this program, partnering with GM, your advisory meetings, you're partnering with community members. So it really does seem like a, a good fit. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's really cool for, I think, students especially high school students to be empowered to see things that they could use in the real world. I mean, I can't tell you how many times as much as I'm a big math dork and love math when I'm teaching, you know, the quadratic equation or, you know, end behavior of some polynomial function when a kid's like, why do I need to learn that? And I'm like, well, you know, and when I can, I obviously try to find real world opportunities right. to engage kids. But you're, what you're doing in your class is exactly what people are doing in industry. So it's cool that kids see that. And I think it's really powerful when you, you know, take them on a field trip and they're seeing that the things that they're learning are exactly what's being done in the field. I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a great experience. It's a great experience, no matter what angle you want to look at it, for sure. When you're saying the math, you know, it's so interesting because we think that we know what kids know until we're doing something and then we realize what they don't know. Right. So right. we uh, obviously are measuring fabric and we have to find center points and go off of center points and draw, you know, it's very geometric, like what, yeah, they're, what yeah. they're actually having to do. And I make them pre-plan everything out before they even are stitching anything. So it's a lot of measuring and, they really have a hard time measuring. And it's so it was like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, we got to back up here a little bit. You know, I, I didn't realize that we have to go back to the ruler, you know, and what all the dimensions are. So, yeah, it's just part of that uh, natural teaching experience of these are the real skill, the real math of what they really do. You know, obviously you use it in any sort of setting in your, in your life and they are working on it. <laughs> yeah. It's so authentic, right? I mean, it's one thing to teach kids how to do some abstract mathematical concept, but for them to actually be measuring things, finding, you know, centers, like you mentioned, or using other geometric, mm -hmm. um, properties. I mean, they're doing it hands-on. It's very authentic. And then when they're seeing, you know, that's how GM does it. There's a right. that real world connection too. Right. I have a, a really, I have all very nice kids in class, but I have one young man who is 
uh, you know, just the four above 4.0 uh, student who's, you know, all-star cross-country runner and just a really overall great kid. And uh, I had him first semester as well, and I have him right now, uh, second semester too. And he's, first semester, he said to me, Miss Yogana, this is the hardest class I've taken in my entire high school career. And I was like, well, what do you mean? You know? And he's like, I just have such a hard time, like thinking through how like we have to get this done, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, it, it's interesting, you know, because I was like you, well, one, you have to do it on your own. Someone else can't do it for you. You can't really find the answer off the internet. You know, it's not like a super easy, just solution. And you have to really think through and problem solve through the process, you know, or you're doing more work, essentially, you got to go back and do it again. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, that's good, though. I mean, those are really important skills to develop. And I think that, you know, helping kids develop, you know, that sense of like grit and perseverance of, mm -hmm. you know, keep pushing through, even if something's difficult, I think is really, really important. And something that in a lot of respects, kids need nowadays, especially mm -hmm. coming out of COVID and, you know, with yes. the internet, kids are so used to quick and easy answers, right? Like Googling a question mm -hmm. and boom, there it is. So having to actually like think through a multi-step problem and, and, you know, right. problem solve and plan. I mean, yeah, that's really awesome that kids different. have that. Yeah. Different, but mm -hmm. cool have that opportunity to do it in a fun setting like that. Yeah. That's, so the truth, it's definitely a change of mindset because when they come in, it's not just like you turn it in and you're done. Like you turn it in, you check it, and then you have to readjust. I actually had a, a student today who was saying, um, I'm just, I'm just going to quit. I can't do it anymore. I'm just going to quit. And I was like, you know what? When life gets harder, you're just going to quit. Is that what you're going to do? Right. You know, that's okay. Like things are going to happen and they're hard, but there's a new solution and you just have to find it. You got to look at it from a different perspective. And, and I, another student's like, I, I just took, I just took a day off. I just, this, this <laughs> happened to me last class. And then I just stepped away from it for the rest of the class. And I came back to it and then it was totally fine. And I was like, do you, I was like, see, that's a, that's a nice suggestion. We can do that. And she's like, no, I want to, I want to come up with a new solution. I love I it. Like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. For me, when I, I taught a business class in particular, and for me, the biggest thing that I had to learn was I wanted to swoop in and help kids before they failed. And I don't mean like letter grade fail. I right. meant like an idea that they were doing didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But I think that that was not giving them the full learning experience. So I had to really embrace allowing them to crash and burn in a sense. Yeah, They ran a fake virtual company. So there was no like risk of losing actual capital. Right. But, you know, kids would have ideas and and I would know that's probably not going to work gonna out. Work. But mm -hmm. me telling them that is is not really impactful. Them learning it from trying it is really impactful. And so it sounds like you're kind of doing that in a sense too with your kids. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be, uh, it's, it's more work what you were doing, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I, so I started off as a teacher teaching math. So that was my, you know, 
mindset. And so right. switching to CTE in the last couple of years I taught high right. school was definitely a shift for me. So it's interesting that you kind of always started in CTE and you probably, yeah. you know, ha have already had that those mindsets developed. And for me, it was kind of new. I didn't really know what CTE was all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's different. So curious, so we talked a lot about CTE, obviously, but kind yeah. of backing up a little bit, mm -hmm. why did you go into teaching? What led you to that? Oh, yeah. I, uh, ever since I was little, I wanted to be a teacher. My uh, uh, story when I, you know, speak to my seniors at the end of the year is I had a second grade teacher who before like kindergarten, first grade, I really just wasn't feeling school. You know, I just really didn't want to leave my mom. I didn't want to leave my family. I didn't want to go to school. It just wasn't that great. I, my, my teachers were fine. You know, nothing was wrong there. I just didn't really, wasn't bought in, I guess. And I got to second grade and this teacher, Miss Waitman, she was just my shining light. She just made me want to be a teacher. She felt, I felt safe in her room. Learning was exciting. We did all these fun activities I, we, I loved, you know, getting down and doing story time. And she just always asked, I felt like these great questions and she just made you feel so important. She made everyone feel so important. And I was like, wow, she's really amazing. You know, I, I, I want to do this when I get older at, as a second grader, I obviously no idea what that would look like, <laughs> but, um, I, played teacher, you know, with my younger sister. I was always the teacher. She never got to be the teacher. She was always <laughs> the student, but she's very smart now. So I, I attest her intelligence to her young teacher. <laughs> but so then I went um, from, you know, always having that in my mind in elementary school. I you know, I was an athlete. And so I, I enjoyed the coaching um, player relationships similar to teaching and thought that also might play a role in my future. And then I got into high school and we had a child development program in the basement of our high school. So there was like a daycare slash preschool. So one half of the basement was this learning environment for the kids. And then the other half of the space was like the classroom for the, the high school students. Mm -hmm. So uh, we obviously, uh, um, there was a two, it was a two year program. So the first year was more so a lot of like about the child development and lesson planning and that side of things. And then the second year was a lot more of the hands-on actually, you know, performing the lessons and interacting with the kids and that side of things. And so when I did that, I was like, this is, this is it. This is where I want to be is in the classroom. It was not with preschool though. I knew that. I mean, <laughs> God bless those <laughs> young teachers, but or who work with the young kids, but, um, I enjoyed it, but I knew I wanted to do probably older kids at that time, even as a high schooler. I went away to college at Western Michigan University, and I, because they had a good education program, 
And they really do. I actually, something I really, hats off to uh, Western when I was there was all of the field experiences that they make you get before your every class. I had to do some kind of field experience before I was even close to having an internship. And that's was great exposure. For me, it really solidified that this is what I wanted to do, but I'm sure for other people, it, it turned them away from the reality that they might be coming into. Yeah. So that was just really a good um, experience. I remember one, to, one of the assignments specifically was go into uh, observe a classroom and count how many times the teacher gets interrupted in the lesson. And I was like, this is so silly. Like, is this girl for real? This is what she's having me go do for my assignment. And then I was like, oh my gosh. Reality hit. Right. Here you think you just planned this great lesson and then you get into uh, the, you know, get into your routine of going and there's a hall pass that comes in and then someone's got to go down and leave early for the day. And, you know, there's a million different reasons, obviously, but yeah. So that was interesting. Another thing I did at Western was um, it got posted into the College of Education is they have a company called Griffin Place and they do youth suicide, youth prevention and intervention speaking. So it's suicide um, prevention and intervention speaking for middle school and high school students. Okay. So mind you, I'm not really that much older than these high school students, but I was like, wow, this would probably be a really good experience. It was great money and put me in the classroom again in front of kids. So I went for the training and interviewing and training and got hired. And so I did that as um, I had another job as well, but I did that as another, like a second job. And that was when I really was like, wow, like, these kids need good, te- you know, they good teachers. They really need good educators. They need good leaders that help them steer in the right direction because not all of them have the opportunities that we hope that they have and the, the good experiences that they hope we hope they have. So to be that shining light and positive reason that someone comes to school that program when I was that those guest speakers really was like all right I'm I'm still doing the right thing here (laughs) good yeah yeah well it's like John Hattie says right know thy impact and it sounds like you kind of saw your impact with those kids and it's interesting to to hear your story just that you know your second grade teacher had an impact on you and and really motivated you to, 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 you know, enter into the field of education. And, mm-hmm. and it was kind of interesting as you were describing your child development program, that sounded a lot like a CTE class. It is. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. She was Miss Olakowski, one, also one of my favorite high school teachers, obviously spent a lot of time down there. That's awesome. Yeah. So Stacey, you, talking about your teacher prep program and, and kind of you entering in the field, I'm curious, what are your thoughts? We obviously, need to attract the brightest and the best into the field. And and obviously less and less 
um, students are entering into the field of education, what do you think we can do to turn that around? Yeah, I think, well, we actually, in our district, we have a, a future teacher program. Teacher okay. Cadet is what the okay. state program is in our state. And we really are, I think that's one of like the best initial layouts for it. So our students are going to our local elementary school, middle schools to interact with students and do lessons and put their time in for their class. And I think that that just shows them the reality of the day. You know, I think sometimes people go into education, educators, they think it's glitz and glamour and everything's perfect. And, you know, it, it, nothing's perfect, that's for sure. So I think if you are able to be resilient and to adjust all the time to all of the changes that happen in education and ultimately you're, you just love students and you want what's best for students, then that's the career for you. So obviously to get them into that group, I think has to start at the younger age. So I think the high school, I mean, too much younger than high school is probably too young and college is not too late, but you know, we got to We've got to get into the market, I think, into eighth grade, even through high school, Yeah, I would say, and just show them. I mean, just like you too, Nick, I know you have favorite teachers too. You know, it's like what, what inspires you, all of us, to, to want to do what we want to do. It's generally a teacher, a coach, uh, their band, band director, you know, whatever it was that really stuck with that person, that individual to do what they want to do, S create a love for something that they didn't know they loved. Yeah. And what well, all comes down to relationships, right? And that's exactly 100%. what it is. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Stacy, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know this is the week before spring break for you. So <laughs> a hectic time. So I appreciate <laughs> you taking some time to chat and I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Nick. Me too. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.